right, what's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Thursday? Today is February 9th, 2023. What's going on out there? How are we? On today's show, finally, our Super Bowl 57 preview with my final picks and analysis for the game. This is going to be our last podcast until next Tuesday. As a lot of you know, I'm going to Las Vegas and there's going to be no quick picks this weekend. So this will serve as the quick picks. Uh, We're going to have plenty of uh, bets and props on today's show, but... Uh, nothing Saturday or Sunday or you know what we may be back Monday something's telling me though after a long travel day uh, we're not going to get it done but either way we'll talk to you early next week on today's show we'll talk about why I like the Kansas City Chiefs still plus one and a half I'll go over my thoughts from last week uh, what's changed from our last show on uh, last Friday when we did the early preview and then uh, we'll just kind of break this thing down in a few different ways special thanks to Thrive Fantasy Thrive Fantasy's got some fun contests going on this uh, weekend so if you like incorporating daily fantasy with player props, well, there's really nowhere else to go than Thrive Fantasy. That's right. They incorporate DFS games. You build your lineup with a series of player props. It's so much fun. Uh, download the app. I think it's easier to use the app. Uh, put in promo code SBD when you sign up. That's going to get you a deposit match up to $100. Thrive Fantasy promo code SBD. Also want to thank Better Edge. They've taken away the VIG. So Better Edge lets everyone out there bet VIG free. Start winning more when you win, losing less when you lose with Better Edge. Online, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up for a free $20. All right, so the line is currently still Philadelphia minus one and a half. It's been rock solid at this pretty much all week long. Now, just to to reiterate, we did this last Friday, but the journey of the line, it opened up Kansas City minus two and a half. The bookmakers and the odds makers who initially made the lines thought Kansas City minus two and a half was fair. Well, the betters came in quickly. Within eight minutes, had swung it to Philadelphia as the favorite, and it hasn't changed since. What has changed is how much. Okay, Philadelphia was a three-point favorite, and then two and a half, and now it's down to one and a half. So things have evened out. I do think my prediction is we get closer and closer to pick them as we get uh, to game time. I don't think we're going to go up. I think if we move any direction, it's closer to the zero and not in Philadelphia's favor. My pick again is Kansas City plus one and a half. Now, I'm going to go over why through today's podcast, but let's first start off with what's changed from last week. And there's really not been too much that's different except for positive news for each team. We're learning Kansas City is a lot healthier than we thought, at least I thought. The receivers are all coming back except Miko Hardman. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster should be close to 9,500%, and uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankle is going to be close to 90-95%. So all of those injury concerns, of course, we didn't know last Friday what it was going to look like. All the reports, the training staff saying things are looking good so far. So nothing really changed in the negative for any team. I'd say it's all positive for both teams looking healthier and healthier as we get closer and closer to a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Besides that, the amount of money coming in has changed. There's a lot of money on the Eagles. Last week, it was closer to like a 55-45 split. of the public money is coming in on Philadelphia. Now, why does this matter? It matters because if the public doesn't change the line, it's irrelevant. Like we always hear on ESPN, Fox News, whatever, Fox Sports, Fox News, Fox Sports, whatever it is, like uh, the public, where's the public at? What's the public on? It's like, it doesn't matter what the public's on unless the public's influencing the market. And you better believe the public for sure influences the market in the Super Bowl. So a lot of that money dictating where this thing goes, I believe if it was just sharp money, Kansas City may be favored at this point because a lot of people who I talk to who are the Sharps are on Kansas City and a lot of the public betters around Philadelphia. Now, does that mean Philadelphia is going to lose? It's going to be embarrassing? Of course not. A lot of times the public is right in the Super Bowl. 
just saying my opinion right now is all this overwhelming money, there are a couple things that all these people betting Philadelphia, I believe, are overlooking. And that kind of brings me to my broad overall approach to the Super Bowl and what I think about this game. My overall thoughts are my line, what I have right now in terms of my actual line I make I've got Kansas City minus one and a half. It's really as easy as that. We talk about this all the time in sports. It's not about, people think sports betting is about knowing the sports and who's going to win and then the offensive line. Like that matters in the handicap, but really what it's about, the crux of handicapping is, or of betting is, what is the price that we think it should be and what is the market charging, right? And so I think Kansas City should be minus one and a half and Kansas City is currently plus one and a half. That's the only reason I'm on them. Let's say the line was Kansas City minus three. And Philadelphia is plus three. Then I'd be on the Eagles, right? So it's not about, oh, Philadelphia, we're fading Philly. Stefanski can't win the big game. It's all about Andy Reid. It's not like that. It's a simple numbers play. We've got Kansas City minus one and a half. The market's given us some value. That's why we're making the play. Now, why do I think the average person out there, the average uh, public fan is on Philadelphia? A couple reasons. One, they've looked very, very good in the playoffs. They've looked very, very good this year. There's not a reason for the average football fan to bet against Philadelphia. Um, they've got a great defensive line. You know, Jalen Hurts in this offense have actually looked better and better throughout the, the season. So Philadelphia looks like that elite team, the team who doesn't have a deficiency, the team who's just going to plow through the playoffs and the Super Bowl like they have all season long. That's why people are on the Eagles. They're betting on what they've seen. And I don't blame them. I think the Eagles are a really, really good team. It's not a great team. I actually think this is probably the best matchup that football fans could have gotten. Kansas City, Philadelphia, it's going to be a great game. So I get it. I understand why everyone's on Philly. I'm not calling all these people betting Philly morons. I'm just saying I disagree with the, with the interpretation of how good Philly is. Look, the Super Bowl, well, betting in general is all about information, but the Super Bowl, all the information's public. We're not, no one has any info, anyone else doesn't. Therefore, it comes down to the interpretation of information. And I just think that what we're seeing in Philadelphia, yeah, it's very good, but how's it gonna match up with Kansas City? Is it sustainable? And is it true, right? Like, like, is that the actual team that we've seen? Now, here's, I have a couple thoughts. The schedule gets brought up a lot. Philadelphia's had a very easy schedule according to some data, uh, some websites. And if you're, just, if you're a numbers person, you'll notice Philadelphia has maybe the easiest schedule in the NFL. But I will say in Philadelphia's defense, they've played well in this schedule, right? It's not like they're winning 21-20, 13-10, 17-16 against these bad opponents, quote-unquote bad in the NFL, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're covering, they're getting margin, their defense is playing very well. They're, they're blowing teams out like they should. That's what you expect very good teams to do, right? So I actually don't think this is all about they haven't been tested or anything like that. Now, that's what some people will say, that they played a, a, a fraudulent Giants team and then a banged up quarterbackless, you know, Niners team. I get that. I kind of agree with the little teeny bit of that, but here's what I don't agree with. Therefore, they're, they don't deserve to be respected or therefore we haven't seen them do it yet. We've seen them do it. They're a good team. I just think that what everyone's saying and the, the average public fan is overvaluing the impact that it's going to have in the Super Bowl. So on the same note, I just think Kansas City is a little underrated, right? Everyone saw Kansas City struggle against Cincinnati. Everyone saw Kansas City this year, a lot of close games. But guess what? Kansas City had the number nine overall schedule compared to 32. Kansas City's had a lot of injuries this year, and they're finally pretty healthy comparative compared to how they were. So... Those are my overall thoughts. Those are my general thoughts for why I sort of think the public is a little bit misguided and why all that money is on Philadelphia. I get it. I just kind of disagree with it. 
right, let's get to some specifics here. Let's talk about Kansas City's offense versus Philadelphia's defense. Uh, we're going to talk DVOA ratings. This is from Football Outsiders. Kansas City has the number one overall offense in the NFL. And if you go back four seasons, Kansas City's got the best offense in the last four years. So this is a very efficient, very good offense. Number one weighted DVOA and number one passing DVOA. Just to give you an idea of how good they are passing, this rates it on a percentage, okay? It's a success rate. Kansas City, 41% in the NFL. The next best is 36, and it just goes down from there. 36, 35, 33. That's a huge gap for Kansas City and the rest of the league. Uh, rushing DVOA, Kansas City is actually ninth, which is a lot higher than, than most people would assume. Unadjusted rush DVOA, they are eighth. And the thing I love about Kansas City's offense, the variance is one of the best in the entire, in the entire league. Now, variance means uh, how how skewed or how drastic are the results? Like how can I get the best way to say this? How consistent are you every week, week in, week out? Can we expect to see the same thing? Kansas city, one of the most consistent teams in the league. So these stats mean something. We all know Kansas city's offense. I don't have to spend that much time breaking down Mahomes and then Travis Kelsey and these receivers and Andy Reid. We know about this offense. They're elite. Philadelphia's defense is also elite, right? These are the two, uh, heavyweight sort of sides of the football going at it. Kansas City's offense, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia defense. Now, Philadelphia does have a good defense, not necessarily elite, like a lot of people may say. Football Outsiders has them number six overall and number nine in weighted DVOA. So look, when we talk about weighted DVOA, that incorporates everything, schedule, uh, situational football, you know, situational stats. And for Kansas City, number one by far. In Philadelphia, number nine, I'm starting to see a bit of a, wait a minute, what's the narrative and what's the truth discrepancy? Uh, passing DVOA, Philadelphia's fifth. And then rushing DVOA, Philadelphia is 21st. So obviously, Philadelphia stops the pass very, very efficiently. Is Kansas City going to run more this game? I actually don't think so. Here's what I think we see. I think we see Kansas City implore more of a, short passing game. I think Kansas City is going to use more of their passing game as an extension of the running game. And I think that we actually, I'm going to take some overs on catches, uh, yards for some of these running backs for Kansas City. Because again, Philadelphia does have a very, very, very good defense. Are they as elite as people think? I just don't think so. But let's talk about the one thing that they do very, very well. They get to the quarterback, right? In terms of rushing the passer, they are number one in the league. Uh, in terms of pressuring the quarterback, they're number four in the league. And in terms of quarterback hits and uh, hits slash pressures, number four in the NFL. Philadelphia's got a great defensive line, and that's how they do their damage. They make quarterbacks uncomfortable. They make quarterbacks make mistakes. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that for Patrick Mahomes. At least, let me rephrase that. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that through the course of four quarters. Of course, they're going to get their success. Of course, they're going to make them uncomfortable, flush them from the pocket a couple times. But does that mean it's going to win them the game? I'm not so sure that's the case. So overall, I think it's pretty close. But I do give Kansas City's offense a bit of an edge just because there's so many things they can do in Philadelphia. Even though they're versatile, I think they do a couple things very well, and then they're good in other places. So Kansas City's offense versus Philadelphia's defense. Again, I think Philadelphia's defense is very good. I just don't think they're as elite as uh, people are kind of making them out to be. Let's talk about the other side. Philadelphia's offense against Kansas City's defense. 
Philadelphia overall offensive ranking, according to uh, Football Outsiders DVOA, number three in the NFL. Uh, by the way, the reason I use these DVOA stats, there's so much more legitimate and telling, and they have more of a predictive factor than just numbers and stats, right? Like that's why in every single power rating system I keep for every sport, I've got my normal power ratings in terms of what has happened. And then I have my expected power ratings for what should have happened, like the XG power ratings. That's so important. And I trust the XG ratings over the real ratings because fluke things happen. You're going to get all kinds of weird points. It's good to normalize and mitigate for any sort of weird outliers. And, uh, Anyway, uh, Philadelphia does have a a very good offense, number three overall. Uh, Weighted offense, number six. Weighted DVOA, number six. Passing, they're number nine. And of course, rushing, Philadelphia is number one. So Philadelphia loves to run the football. Uh, Their variance is 23rd. So actually not too bad, but uh, definitely not as good as Kansas City's, but still pretty consistent in the NFL. The lower, the better for variance. So you want to be 32nd there. Um, Philadelphia's offense is interesting because they've shown a lot this year. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts has shown that he can and will go downfield. They want to be vertical. Um, I have some question marks, though. You know what's funny is everyone's talked about Mahomes' injury, the ankle injury, and I think it's just because it's right in front of us and it's easy to see and it's easy to talk about. No one's talking about Jalen Hurts. And I heard several quarterbacks, ex-quarterbacks, Joe Montana, Brady Quinn, uh, they were all on a different radio shows this week on Radio Row for the Super Bowl, and they all said the same thing, that Jalen Hurts does not look like himself. Jalen Hurts is wincing when he gets hit. He does not have the downfield vertical accuracy that we're used to seeing from him. I mean, he's a pretty good downfield thrower. Like, he actually is very, very good downfield thrower. We're not seeing that accuracy. So it's off a little bit here. It's off a little bit there. Dan Orlovsky was talking about this on ESPN. And I liked, I liked hearing the ex-quarterbacks talk about current quarterbacks. They're the ones who know. They've been there before. They've done that. And they're all saying Jalen Hurts looks a little bit off, right? And so I wonder, will Philadelphia's offense, everyone's focusing on Kansas City's offense, Philadelphia's defense. I get that. But will Philadelphia's offense be able to do what they have done? Will Jalen Hurts be able to run? And I think that he will run more than like a normal game. If this were week 10, he wouldn't run half as much because it's a Super Bowl. You're going to put your body on the line. You're going to take more more risks. You're going to be less conservative. But even so, they're probably not going to do that early in the game. I would be very surprised if Jalen Hurts had, you know, like four rush attempts or more in the first quarter. I think they're going to ease into that. But I do wonder, how's the, throw, how's the throwing going to be? How's the accuracy going to be? But like Kansas City, these two weeks off are really going to help Hurts. I do still just have my question marks. Let's talk about Kansas City's defense. This is probably the one unit that doesn't get talked about enough in this entire game. And I understand why. They're not like really elite or really great at anything. But it's funny. When you look at the advanced stats, Kansas City is good at everything. Now, they're right there, middle of the league, in about every important statistic. They're either 13, 14, 15, and weighted DVOA, passing, rushing, unadjusted. Do they get to the quarterback, variance, all this stuff. So that tells me, and by the way, their trend is going up and up and up and up. They were not a great defense in week two. They were not a great defense in week four. They were better in week seven. They were better in week 11. They were a lot better in week 15. And they're much, much, much better now. So they've actually... You want a defense that's gotten better through the season? In week three, they were rated 24th in DVOA. They're currently 15th. So, I mean, right there, middle of the pack, but that's okay because you may say Philadelphia, great offense, number three offense against this defense, huge edge. And I think the edge is overlooked for a couple reasons. Number one, Kansas City's defensive line. Kansas City's defensive line is actually a lot better than people realize. Did you, did you realize that Kansas City's defensive line is number three 
in the NFL in terms of open field rank. What that means is they move they move around, they make tackles, they stop the run, like they're physical. I, I'm, I'm impressed with these stats I see for Kansas City. They're number uh, uh, 12 in stuff rate, number uh, 8.9, let's see, 8.9% adjusted sack rate, which is good for number three, number two in the NFL. Get, I didn't even realize that until just now because I've looked at all different kinds of stats. I haven't looked at the adjusted sack rate. Isn't this amazing? Philadelphia, number one, obviously. We all know Philly gets the quarterback, number one sack rate, number two in the NFL, Kansas City. We don't think that. We don't often associate Kansas City with this great pass rush, this elite pass rush. You're never going to... So, again, it's not some overwhelming, oh, look at Kansas City. This is the clear play. You know, we're, we're fading the Eagles. We're fading Stefanski. It's not that. It's a little bit here and a little bit there that I add up where at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? I see a little value on Kansas City. I see a little bit of value with Kansas City's defense, Kansas City's defensive line. You know, and, and let's, we're going to talk about the other line too, but uh, uh, Kansas City's offense against Philadelphia's defense. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to use a short passing game. I, I see some trickery, you know? And Patrick Mahomes, he's been here. Like the experience factor we haven't talked about before, but he's been here. He's done this. Andy Reid has been here a lot before. <laughs> he's even been here with the Eagles like a decade ago, over a decade. So I'll take the experience. I'll take the people who have been here before. I'll take the actual, who I think is the more overall talented team. And that's sort of where I land with the plus one and a half. As I said before, if this was Kansas City minus three, I'd be on the Eagles. It's a numbers play, like every play I make, and it's not just some loose, this is what we think of the game. But, you know, based on some of these numbers, I just think that everyone's slightly overrating the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, this this defensive line for Kansas City is actually better than people think. Now, we know about Philly's D-line, right? They're elite, but Kansas City's D-line is also very good. Now, let's talk offensive lines quickly. Uh, offensive line, Kansas City is ranked. Where's Kansas City? Number three. Kansas City has the number three offensive line in the NFL. Number nine stuff rate. Number five in open field rank. So look, this is a good offensive line. They don't get enough credit. And actually, people remember the, the classic, typical Kansas City's offensive lines. And I think that gets baked in here. They've got a better offensive line than they normally do. Philadelphia, uh, number six in the NFL. Number seven power success rate. Number seven stuff rate. And uh, number 13, or excuse me, number 19 open field rank. So they do rely on their secondary and linebackers more to make plays. But very, very good uh, lines here for both teams. My pick again, Kansas City plus the one and a half. And uh, before we give some prop bets out, I do want to talk about coaching. I've mentioned it a little bit as we've kind of gone through some different factors, but I think that Andy Reid is going to have a bit of a leg up on Kevin Stefanski. Now, here's the reason why I don't think it's going to be a huge leg up. These are the two most uh, creative coaches in the NFL. Like these two coaches do a lot of cool, weird, new stuff. I love it personally. So therefore, given two weeks off, I just expect to see some uh, some fireworks, some new plays, some different plays, some trick plays. I don't know if Kansas City's going to do their little ring around the rosy thing, but uh, yeah, I expect to see some some really good uh, nuanced trick plays from both. Well, just uh, new looks, I guess, from both coaches. But I will give a slight edge to Kansas City in that uh, realm. All right, let's give some prop bets out. I've got a couple prop bets, not a ton, but a few that I do like here. I gave out over one, or excuse me, over a half first quarter field goals last week. That still hasn't changed. It's still minus 115, and I still like that. Uh, I'm also going to take longest pass of the game over 34 and a half yards. 
Uh, now, this has come up a little bit, but I just think, like I said earlier, both teams actually like to go vertical, and people don't realize how much Philadelphia likes to go vertical. They love airing it out. They love going deep, and I think 34.5 is a good number at uh, up to like minus 120, I believe I had. So uh, over 34.5, longest pass of the game. Uh, next bet is going to be, let's see here, Mahomes over 25 and a half completions. I actually like a couple of Mahomes bets, but the other ones have gone up a lot. I liked over attempts. I liked over yards. I liked over completions. And completions seems to be the only one not getting enough action uh, to keep up with the other bets. So actually, I think just intrinsically based on the other lines and the other market moves, we've got a little bit of value here based on this number. Uh, but I think over 25 and a half completions for Mahomes, as I said earlier, I see an extension of the passing game. Uh, for, for the running game this, this week, a lot more passes. So we go 25 and a half, the over for Mahomes completions. Uh, more first downs. I'm going to take the Eagles here, minus 110 for more first downs. The reason is simple. Kansas City, I expect more explosive plays. I expect shorter fields. And Philadelphia has just been a team to, again, run the football more, get those first downs, chew clock, and that's who Philadelphia has been. I think minus, this is all about the price, right? Minus 110, like all bets are. If this were minus 150, minus 170, we wouldn't have this play. But at minus 110, I think the Eagles are a very, very good play. More first downs, Eagles, minus 110. All right, before we wrap things up, I do have some tips. A few tips to remember when you're betting the Super Bowl. Tip number one, don't bet too much money. Keep in mind, these are not on, on par with like my normal bets. If I give out a hockey bet, a soccer bet, anything for Sunday's quick picks or Saturday's quick picks, those are normal bets for me. That's what I rely on to make a living. That's my portfolio. This is fun for me. Well, let me, let me clear. Kansas City plus one and a half is my only legitimate bet. All these other bets are small, small potatoes. They're just a little bit that I can have on, this, on the Super Bowl. And I do feel good enough that we're going to count these in the record. But if you're putting money on this, all these little prop bets, I would bet maybe 25% of your normal unit. Put a little bit out there, have some fun, but don't be putting a whole bunch of money on Mahomes over 25 and a half completions. I don't recommend that. What I recommend doing if you're going to make a normal bet, I do like Kansas City plus the one and a half, not for the prop bets though. So my tips would be don't bet too much because first of all, you don't want to overexpose yourself in the Super Bowl. But second of all, these things add up. Like a lot of people like to bet on the halftime and commercials and first quarters and overs and unders. If you make all these bets, they're going to add up eventually. So don't bet too much for those couple reasons. Uh, number two, you want actually, you want inverse correlation. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense because what we preach in sports betting is often finding correlation. Right? We want to find things that match up. If, if A happens, B is more likely to happen. But if you're making Super Bowl props, inverse correlation is actually the best way to go. And here's why. If you have, let's say, Travis Kelsey over, Valdez Scantling over, uh, Smith-Schuster over, Mahomes over, Kansas City over, there's a good chance that may all hit, but there's also a good chance that may all lose, right? So you may go out of 17 bets, 15 and 2, but you also may go 2 and 15. I don't know about you. I don't love that variance. I like to make sure that if we're going to win some bets, we'll win some bets, but I don't like everything being tied to one result or one outcome. So I actually think it's a good thing to have inverse correlation, just like my first down Eagles bet and my Mahomes over 25 and a half completions. Like these things aren't necessarily negatively correlated. Mahomes could certainly have 26 completions and, and the Eagles could for sure have more first downs. It's just not all clumped in, tied in to one result. So inverse correlation or negative correlation is actually something most people should strive for in their Super Bowl props. 
next, number, what is this, number three? Avoid trends. We talked about this last week. Trends are for losers. Trends are for people who don't know how to work with data. They find a little, you know, oh, Kansas City's whatever after a buy. Philadelphia's whatever after a buy. This doesn't matter. Trends are generally bullshit. It's a reason for losers to validate their side of any pick. Don't look at trends, okay? Trends are not good. Look at angles. And the difference between a trend, a trend is just fluff. A trend is noise. It doesn't have any predictive value. An angle is a quantifiable factor, predictable factor, a quantifiable predictable factor that's not accounted for on the line or that's being incorrectly accounted for in the line. So there's a bunch of angles in this game, right? And in the Super Bowl, with all the information out there, like I said earlier, it's not about us having information or us knowing something. It's about disagreeing or agreeing on information that's out there. So that's really what this comes down to. But Avoid the trends. Look for the, the, the angles. Don't bet on these ridiculous trends. And then finally, spread it through the game. You know, a lot of these bets, they're going to be over halfway through the first quarter. And you're going to be sitting there if you bet on the national anthem, America the Beautiful, who's going to be shown first? Who's going to score the first points of the game? What's the first score going to do? What's the opening touch stack going to be? What's the coin toss, right? And like, you're going to have nine of your 12 bets done at the end of the first quarter. So spread it out. Make a couple second half bets. Make a couple game long bets. Make a couple bets that's going to last the entire game. Make a couple specific third quarter field goal bets, whatever it may be to keep it going through the game. Because as we've said before, my number one tip is know why you're betting. Are you betting to make a profit or are you betting to have fun, right? Some people like to go golf, spend 80 bucks on golf, get lunch after with their buddies. That's fine. Some people for the Super Bowl like to spend that money watching the game. That's okay as long as you understand why you're doing something. And if you are doing it to have fun, follow these tips, have a good time, don't spend too much, don't get in over your head and do some homework, right? It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a great game. Once again, to go over all my picks, the official pick that we're giving out, full max bet, whatever you want to say, or not max bets, we don't do the, that hacky shit on here, but like, I'd put a full unit on this. Kansas City plus one and a half. We're on the Chiefs. I think they keep it close. I, I think there's more ways for them to win, and I just see value. Again, I've got Kansas City minus one and a half. We'll take them plus one and a half. And then the other prop bets that I would certainly put a little bit less on, I'm going over 34 and a half yards for the longest pass at minus 120. I'm going over Mahomes 25 and a half completions. I'm going Eagles to have more first downs than the Chiefs, minus 110. And uh, good luck, whatever you have. It's a lot of fun. It's always such a great time. This should be an amazing game. Whatever you've got, good luck. Hopefully you win every bet you have, except for the ones that contradict mine, of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully everyone has a good time. Now, just again, we're going to be gone uh, this weekend. I'm in Las Vegas. We'll be back either Tuesday or Monday next week, probably Tuesday. So until then, good luck. We'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Betting Daily. 